Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello and welcome to Just The Fit. You know, I've been, you know, stuck in the house like everybody else for the past year and a half and don't know about y'all, but I got real into true crime like many other Americans out there. So today I invited someone who is not only an actor, a comedian, but she is also a true crime aficionado. Please welcome from Superstore, Lauren Ash. Thank you so much for having me. By the way, I just heard that you are Canadian. Yeah. And you stuck here during the quarantine, during the pandemic. I did, yes. I know. I, I had a few times where I was like, should I just go home? Uh, should I just oh. you know, put my hat on and just back out the door, maybe? I would have gotten the first flight out of this meth lab of a country. <laughs> I literally was like, I know Canada is looking at us like we're the meth apartment, like under them in the middle of Hollywood. How did you not go home? You know, again, I, I just decided to hunker down. I was like, if 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 things really got extreme, extreme, I was I was ready. I had a I had a go bag, uh, I had a go bag packed. But I, I was like, I think we should just wait it out. And uh, unfortunately, Canada's had a real tough go on the back end of the pandemic. So they're kind of still in the thick of it up there now. So which is weird because normally y'all have it all together. <laughs> We do. We do normally. It's a it's 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 very political and, and unfortunate, but uh, uh, they're on the upswing. They're on the upswing. The pendulum, it always swings back. You know what I mean? Always. So thank always. God. Thank God for it. Is there like a clause with Canada that you guys have that when you leave Canada that you have to be nice because people Americans think Canadians are the nicest people ever. And you guys just so happen to be the nicest people. But I've watched your hockey team. That is not nice. No. Do you guys just like save it for when you go home? Yeah. You know, what I always say is that I think a common misconception about Canadians, because I do think that as a people, we are quite kind, but we're also very adept at very, very precise passive aggression. So I think that sometimes, sometimes our, our niceness kind of, it, it, it makes people miss times where we're like, yes. oh, so that's the choice that you're making. That's a, that's questionable. Okay. Like I, we're just very good at, at the passive aggression. So I do think that there is just a level of, of pettiness uh, that a lot of Canadians, and I think a lot of Canadians will agree with me that it's like, we're a very kind people, but we also like hold a grudge. 
You know what I yes. mean? We were also like, we'll be like, okay, yeah, no, that's fine. And then be like, I can't believe this is happening. <laughs> you know, that's kind of in our cultural fabric. I must be Canadian. I bet I do that 23 and me because a bitch is passive aggressive and I can hold her grudge longer than I can hold a fart. Okay. Oh, I have grudges against people and I don't even remember why. I just am like, I know that that guy did something to one of my friends like 15 years ago and he's still dead to me. That's just it. Look, get your iPhone out. I leave it in the notes. I'm going to put it in the notes why yep. I can't stand your ass. Exactly. That's a good idea. I am going to start it. taking notes. Oh, I have it in alphabetical order. Just in case you need to pull it up, bitch. <laughs> I have the screenshot dated here. I have the separate folder for all my grudges. Oh, I love that. The grudge That's encyclopedia. That's brilliant. No, no. You have to have the files, okay? Because let's let's pretend, you know, if the IRS came to ask you why you were mad in 2018, you got to be able to, like, pull that file right. out of anywhere, okay? Right. You're right. You I can't be like, it. I think you're right. You have to be able to bring the information, bring the facts, state your case. Because then you start to think, am I the one that started the grudge? Am I the one that started the fight? And then you start gaslighting yourself and that is no way to live. Then you're in a fight with nobody but your but your own brain. You know what I mean? Bitch, I am the gas company, okay? Because I will <laughs> gaslight myself. <laughs> hey, let's talk about gaslighting yourself because- yeah. I can go all day with being like content with all my decisions in life. The mm -hmm. minute 1030 hits and it's time for me to go to bed. Uh, why is the gas company working overtime at 1030 at night in my head? The witching hour. It's the worst. I, I have made a I've made a pact to myself that I'm like, no decisions get made after dark. No decisions. None. Whoa. Because I, because I am the exact same way where I start to, it just starts to go and I start to overthink. And then I think, well, wait a minute, is that, or was that, or I, I never pick a fight after dark with a, with, with a smart. Partner. You can't do it. I'm like, I always am like, go to sleep, go to sleep. Go to bed. And go if to you bed. wake up and if you wake up and you're still okay, then it's fair game. But if you wake up and it's gone, then it's, it's the, it's the midnight curse. It's the For midnight sure. Curse. Yeah. My problem though is. I won't sleep if I have something on my mind. Mm -hmm. So I am the type, I'm a Scorpio too, and I'm not from oh, Canada. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Bitch, I'm going to let you know. Okay. Yeah, and I sure. have to work on that. Right. But I, I do agree with you. Going to bed and waking up, and if it's still on your mind, say something. Yes. You know, let it out. But I can't. I'm sorry. I'm a petty hoe. I'm a petty, <laughs> I love it. petty LaBelle. I'm listen, petty LaBelle. I have not always been this way. I have only, this is a recent, like, you know, self, uh, you know, self growth kind of addition into my life. I have, I have not always, uh, you know, practiced what I'm preaching uh, by any stretch, but I am a firm believer in try to go to bed angry. They always say like, never go to bed angry. I think that's bull. I think sleep <laughs> cures everything. I think sleep and food can cure a lot of dis disagreements, right? It's like, just, just go to bed, get up, have a meal. If at that point you're still pissed, there's obviously something to it. But I guarantee 80 to 90% of the time it's going to be gone. I love how she's like, I don't know where it came from in the last few years. I'm like, yeah, since you became rich from being on the superstore <laughs> for six motherfucking years. Yeah, rich people don't have problems, Lauren Ash. That's why six seasons on a hit show. Listen, I got to tell you, though, uh, I, I am like somebody who I think because I it took me a while, like before I I always think about young people to get fame, young people to get success at like 16, 18, 20. 
I am very grateful that I took into my 30s before I got that kind of success and that I had that struggle and that journey for many years because I now am like, I am somebody who is very frugal. I mean, ask anybody at work. I get teased about my car. I drive (laughs) the same beat up Jeep Patriot. It's a 2013 that I bought when I first came out to L.A., you know, because I'm like, it still runs. There's no problem with it. Like, what, what's the problem? Um, so definitely I am someone who is like, it can all go away. There's one of the, that famous quote of Brad Pitt's. He said something along the lines of like, we're all only one step away from the chicken suit. And that really resonated with me. I really do believe that and live that. So I think you're right. I think that I, I live in a, a much more um, calm world, but very just ready. You know what I mean? Oh, like, oh, oh no, for sure. But but one sure. eye open, you know what I'm saying? Sure. Like it could all fall apart. You never know what's going to happen. It is a wild, wacky industry. But let me ask you a question. How old were you when you felt like you hit it? I booked my first network television show called Super Fun Night. It was on ABC with Rebel Wilson. We did mm-hmm, one mm-hmm. season. I turned 30 when when that happened. You're going to freak the f- out. I love of what, what? What? I turned 30 the day after I started Daily Pop, my talk show on E. Stop. See, that's, yes, see, that's in the air. I think about who I was. And I, I mean, listen, I, I was like 90 when I was four. I'm an old soul. But, but I do look at the young stars who are getting all of this money and all of this, this fame at, you know, yeah, like 18, 19, 20. And I just feel like there's no way that you're not going to Lindsay Lohan yourself on some level. It's impossible. I look at these people and I think to myself, you know, people are so hard on the Lindsay Lohans of America or even the Justin Bieber's who is Canadian. Thank you very much. Uh, shout out to Canada. Thank you. Uh, we, we like to give Justin Bieber back to Canada when he's acting a mess. But then we like to take him back when he's good. You know, he's from L.A. No, he's totally from L.A. He's been here since he was 15. Oh, my God. Um <laughs> It's so true. It's so true. It's like Britney. Like when she's doing good, she's from Louisiana. When she's not doing good, she's from Mississippi. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, she's, she's right on the border. She's right yes. on the border. Yes. It, it's true. These kids, you know, if you gave myself or anybody all that money and all that cash at 17 years old, I bet we'd be pissing in buckets too and coming off of boats with my hoo-ha out. I would do oh, it. A hundred percent. It's, it's just, it's, it's, yeah, it, it, they're, you're, you're giving, certainly in the case of Bieber and listen, do I defend him because he's Canadian? Probably. Probably. Um, but is, you know, his frontal lobe hadn't finished growing. You know, there's like a part of the brain that doesn't finish growing, especially I think in men until they're 23 or something, you know, and it's like, he's 13, 14 being, having a, truckload of cash backed up to his house yeah like it's truthfully i'm like i think ultimately not that i'm defending uh, you know whatever his, his bad behavior but he did okay like you know what i mean like there was he, he ultimately it's like there's yes. gonna be some speed bumps and uh you know I, sure. I it could have been worse i guess is my point i just think it I'm could have been him. way worse do it i'm saying it i'm defending him by the way, I was looking at him doing all of these things. And, you know, sometimes I would be on panels and they would be like, can you believe it? I'm like, oh, my God, I surely can. Because I've done some of the same, if not even worse, at 21. And I was broke. OK, <laughs> I was broke as a joke. So I had no excuse. But I feel like for myself, I wasn't the biggest Justin Bieber fan starting out. You know, he had a few hits that I would rock out. I would jam to. And I'm also like. 
I am one of those people who, if somebody has a bop, I will say, that's a bop. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, I don't need the whole album, but it's a bop. Listening to his last album, I got into it because he was like, it's R&B. It's R&B. First of all, it's not R&B. But I understand this man more than I've ever understood any other artist in my life right now. Because he's finally at that moment where he's letting you know how he felt that whole time. Right. And it's interesting that I felt like nobody listened to him. When he was like, I'm going through I am lonely. You know what I mean? Like, I know that there are millions of people who love me, but do they? You know what I mean? It's like this weird thing when you go back and listen to his music. I just felt like he was like a, a, a rat inside of a cage who just wanted to get out, but no adult would let him out. Yeah. And you're also a bit of a prisoner in terms of your your freedom and, and ability to, you know, he can't just go to the mall. He can't do the things that kids his age at the time were doing because you'll get mobbed, literally mobbed. You know, the, it's a very interesting time. I think as, as that young, a teen to ostensibly become kind of housebound. Now I understand that also you have the money and the freedom to travel and, and go to places and do things. I get not that, the same. but it's not the same. There's no normalcy. Let's put it that way. There is definitely it's no normalcy in any Anyway, it's not the same. One of my yeah. favorite things to do in life is to go to Starbucks in my pajamas with no underwear on and I haven't brushed my teeth yet. And I'm in a mask and a baseball hat mm -hmm. and to walk up to the Starbucks counter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like yep. going for you, going somewhere without a bra on yep. and just being like, it, everybody, no one knows who I am. Yep. Not having the, the freedom to do that would feel a little crazy to me. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, now, listen, during the pandemic, I was the person who was going out in pajamas, uh, you know, sans undergarments. Uh, yeah, loving life. Got the mask on. And people, I would literally, people, I would talk and people would be like, Dina, like, like, <laughs> superstar. And I was like, even with the mask on. So I feel like I should just, I should start doing accents and then they'll never know. You know what I mean? Be careful. Cancel culture is here. Don't do the wrong accent, bitch. Listen, no, 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 no. We're we're sticking to the British Isles. We're sticking to, to a, a, a posh English, maybe a Cockney. Even that's a risky one. We're sticking to posh British. That's it. You know what no, I mean? No, no. Give me Jamaican. Give me give me something Adele would do. Like, you know what? Just come through like Chet Hanks. I can't. I can't. I can't. Um, you know what I love, too, about you and the reason, probably one of the main reasons why I said, let's do this. Yeah, why? I want to know. Because you're into true crime. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a problem. I, yeah. And I need to talk to you about something because I've been dying to know what you think about this. Yes. Why do all of these true crime shows only focus on white ladies? Like, they have to be white, skinny, with cute parents for them to focus on it. Like, Gene and Terry, Amanda's parents, are always cute. Mm -hmm. Amanda always went to a cute university, was always in a sorority. Like, I just never get anything more than the pretty girls on campus. Listen, I'm, I'm going to say that I actually think it's a broad, it's, it's, I'll, I'll, go, I'll get serious on you for a second. I actually think it is a broader issue because I think that what I have learned doing a true crime podcast, we haven't even been doing it that long, is that the, the pretty, the pretty is what gets the attention. And those are the cases that become these huge famous cases that have all of this money poured into them all of these resources, all of this attention. And there are so many, I mean, the, the tragic part when you start to really get into true crime 
is you really start to feel the weight of just how much is out there and that it's kind of never ending and that there are so many cases exactly like you're talking about where it's like we're not talking about the people who aren't the the blonde white pretty girl who got taken or was murdered you know what i mean and and it's yeah i know i feel you Totally. Like, where's the Indian family? Where is the black family? And I'm mad. I'm mad because look, I like Snapped because the people are more ratchet on Snapped and I totally. feel seen. Like I feel oh. seen mm-hmm. and heard on Snapped. Yeah. I feel like Snapped should just be called She Was Pushed. Don't you think? Yeah. Like it's like every time I watch it, I'm just like, yeah. No, no. Or I know why she did it. Exactly. Like it's like, I get it. Like, yeah, okay, she was pushed. I got it. The woman, the I, woman was pushed. Like it's. I know yeah. why Joanne did it. Okay. <laughs> she had a terrible childhood. She got. She was in a terrible relationship. I mean, she felt like she had no other options. Horrible. It's Hor- never, the story is never like she grew up as a trust fund baby. She had a, a, a privileged life, and then one day she did a murder. Like no, it's always like she something terrible happened to Joanne that made her kill. Come on. By the way, Joanne probably met social services at some point in her life before she killed somebody. That's where snapped is for me. There's a correlation. It's a, it's a yeah. correlation. I don't disagree with you. I think that you're right. You don't. There isn't the same kind of coverage. It's really, it's fascinating. And you know, what's interesting too, is that on our podcast, one of the things we do is uh, we have a subscription service and for people who subscribe, they can vote once a month to choose a case that we're going to follow. And we always, we always give them four choices that are very diverse, like four very different cases very different walks of life, very different people. And they pick I, the white girls every single time, every single time. And we've, and it's gotten to the point now where we're like, we have to make, we have to like <laughs> make it clear that it's like, we're not the ones picking me. Like, listen, we're happy to give the people who vote what they want. Uh, of course, that's the whole point of the democracy, obviously. But we've realized that we feel like on our show, it's like we have an obligation or we feel an obligation that we've also got to talk about these other cases. And we've got to talk about the stuff that doesn't get as much attention because it just feels like there's such a wild imbalance when you really start to get into it and dig into it. It's, it's really overwhelming. Truthfully. It feels crazy to me. Like, I'm like, am I nuts? You know, there was like this moment where like, I think it was like 33 girls had been missing in Chicago at some point, like 33 black girls. And I was like, yes, 60 minutes is about to be lit. Like, I canceled booty calls. I wasn't leaving my couch. I stocked up on food and wine because this bitch was not leaving her bunker. Absolutely. And then it was like, picture this, a sleepy town in Idaho. And I was like, Idaho? Bitch, Idaho? There are 33 missing in the windy. Like, come through. Like, where is it? Exactly. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. So season two of your podcast, I know season one, you guys did the Unsolved Mysteries thing, which was brilliant because I love Unsolved Mysteries. What are you guys doing for season two on true crime and cocktails? So season two, we're calling our famous fatalities edition. And so it's been celebrity deaths or just famous cases, like I'm saying. So, you know, we've covered 
JonBenet Ramsey, Brittany Murphy, um, you know, the, the big kind of very famous cases. But as I said, as we've kind of gone along and we've been realizing, oh my gosh, so many of the very famous cases are, of course, specifically blonde white women. There's so many famous blonde white woman cases, which is so fascinating. Um, we've also decided to do a couple of different things coming up. So coming up, we've started a serial killer series because I kind of have a serial killer uh, fascination, which is uh, neither here nor there. Uh, but the first one I wanted to cover, thank you very much. The first one I wanted to cover was the Grim Sleeper, who is a serial killer that I had never heard of before because he was killing around the same time as a little known serial killer called the Night Stalker, Richard Ramirez, who got all kinds of press because he was, was targeting middle-class, upper-class neighborhoods. Meanwhile, the Grim Sleeper was killing on his own street in south-central LA. And they, Isn't that crazy? The body count, they believe, could be over 100 women. And I'm like, these are the stories that we need to tell. These are the stories that people need to know about so that we can learn to not repeat these. So that when people go to the police and say, hey, there's a guy that's been doing some creepy things, they don't say, ah, He's fine. Yeah. You know, like, oh. yeah, he's a good guy, you know. So it's fine. There's a hundred women in his backyard that don't look like they're moving. Oh, it's gonna be it's cool. Fine. It's in South Central. Who cares? Exactly. Uh, so that was again, we we've really we've decided that moving forward, we're gonna try and do more of a balance. So of course, we're still gonna give you all of the very famous blonde women who have died, but we're also gonna intersperse it with some lesser known cases. Uh, that that we feel deserve the attention and deserve to get uh, their stories told because again it's it becomes overwhelming when you really start to get into the world of true crime. We've been we've only been doing the show about seven months now, which is also fabulous because we've had such an amazing response. Yes. Um, but when you start to dig in, you really do start to feel the weight of it. Do you know what I mean? And just yeah. the weight of how much is out there and how much doesn't get any attention. And, and it feels well, like there, we need to, we need to do, do a little bit of our own part to help. Well, you know? also, you know, true crime became a big deal. I mean, serial kind of threw true crime on top of its head because totally. you had a police investigation that lasted multiple years that couldn't figure out the crime. And then somebody with a mic and a pencil came through and kind of sort of figured the case out you know, herself. And you yeah. you hear of all these people like opening these cold cases and starting to like investigate them. And they're doing, you know, more than the police did in five years. Like, I mean, like, I don't know. It's so crazy. Live and Die in LA was one of my favorite. I almost died at that one. Totally. Um, well, that's when just the Grim Sweet Sleeper case is also very interesting because he killed over the course of multiple decades. The police never came to any of the families saying, we think we have a serial killer, when they kind of knew that they thought they had a serial killer. And it wasn't until the 2000s when a crime reporter was the one who literally pieced it all together. She literally went rogue, went public, ultimately what led to him getting caught. So it really is exactly what you're saying. It is It is a very interesting time, I think, also with the internet obviously being such a huge part of our lives. And there is so much information if you're willing to take the time to look that you can obtain completely legally, I have to add, it's all obtained legally. Is um, it? <laughs> it? It is, it is. But you know what I mean? Like it is, it, it's, and that is of course the dream. I think for anyone who, who gets into this kind of level of true crime, you're just hoping maybe you can find something that, that somebody missed to, hope to get some justice, you know? Let me ask you a question. Yeah. You guys interview witnesses, you guys interview people who are a part of the case. Who's the person that you were like, we're going to go out to this person about this case, but there is no way 
they would talk to us. Here's Who the thing. Who did you guys get? We don't make much contact with people involved out of, a, out of our own Canadian fear. It's our own Canadian fear that we're like, we want to make a difference. We want to get involved, but anonymously. So, yeah. the, <laughs> yeah, you so use we, your real names. Yeah, we use our real names. So we don't we don't go out too hard. But but my co-host, who's also my uh, cousin by blood, sister by life, Christy Oxborough, she has been known to go to people's Facebooks and find people that are involved and she she'll message basically anybody and be like hey i'm researching this case like can you give me any information whatever uh so far not many people are willing to speak um but my favorite my favorite of this is that there was a case in season one we did which was an unsolved mystery episode uh called mystery on the rooftop it was about the mysterious death of ray rivera uh which, which we haven't it's so bizarre so christy on a hunch calls up a local helicopter company that's local to the area where the crime took place and basically was like, I want to know, you know, what's the amount of time that it would take to get from this location to this location? Where do you fly out of? Like, how do you service? And she basically created a timeline. The timeline adds up. Oh my God. So that to me was like, that was a moment of definitely like, tapping into a resource of someone uh and then seeing and since then they've they've uh, that company has also become a fan of the podcast and has offered to take us on a helicopter tour whenever we want to nope. visit the area. Do not do a bitch. Do not it's a setup bitch. It's it's him talking through it's it's that person talking through the thing. We get, in, we get in the air and then he with the, the headphones on he just turns around and we're like oh no yeah exactly oh 100 percent I'm going to give you some, I'm going to give you some quick, I'm going to give you some quick things and you tell me what you thought when these things happened. Yep. What did you hear? What did you think when you heard that John Bonet's dad was dating Natalie Holloway's mom? I was like, do they have a secret club? Like how do these people, like the parents of, of murdered kids? I mean, that was wild to me. And then I thought on a sense, there was a part of me that was like, maybe that was nice. Maybe there is a sort of like, a way that you can connect with someone who's gone through that kind of terrible loss that other people can't understand. You know, that again, I was like, I, I, I also had a little bit of compassion and I, it was too bad that it didn't work out because I was like, maybe they connected in a way that I could never understand, you know? 100%. What about the rumor that Katy Perry is JonBenet Ramsey? I just don't think that the timelines add up. It, it, it would, it, you know, the, the birthdays don't line up. It, there's proof that she was in an existence at the same time. I, okay. I believe, or it, I, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say okay. no. I wish, I wish that it was that cool, like a conspiracy theory being true, but I think it's a no. Do you think Amanda Knox had anything to do with the disappearance of her roommate? That's one to me we should probably cover on our, our show because it's, to me, it's so confounding. If Foxy Noxy was in America, yeah. I think you wouldn't have had so much of the media like the Italian press really made her out to be this monster. So when once we got to the case four years later, we had already we had already yeah. seen the movies. Okay, I'd seen two Lifetime movies on this shit before <laughs> the so ink true. had even dried on the warrant. Okay, it's so true. But you know what it's other so cases true. like that too is the Madeline McCann case, where there was so much focus on those parents. I will admit my kind of uh, perception went one way. And then when we covered it on the show and I, I heard Christy's research, she did change my mind. And it was like, there is proof 
that there was this serial criminal, serial killer criminal, but they did leave toddlers in an unlocked apartment unattended for multiple hours. That does not mean that they deserve what happened. I'm not suggesting that at all, but it does ask the question, you know, is that negligent? Where does the line lie? Is that Mm -hmm. crossing that line? Mm -hmm. Last one. Please. Do you think Cotton Weary really killed Maureen Prescott? (laughs) (laughs) Bitch, I have been struggling. I have been struggling with this one since I saw Scream 1, okay? I know. Did Cotton Weary really kill Sidney Prescott's mom? (sighs) I don't think he, I, I honestly don't think he did it. I know. I feel like in the in the world of that first movie, the answer is yes. But in the Scream universe, I think the answer is no. It's crazy. Right? And we never gave, we just never gave Ray Donovan another chance. Like we were like, <laughs> F- you, you hot piece of <laughs> You killed her. That's it. Get out. Go. Get, Get out. out of here. Get out of here. Get out of here. Like, I just uh, like, I don't know. I, I just know. like, it's so just, it's bizarre to me. When I was in high school, I think I was graduating the day we started talking about Natalie Holloway going to Aruba. Mm-hmm. It was in 2005. So she yes. was on her senior trip when yes. I was going on my senior trip. And then the conversations about Cancun were like, don't leave anybody. Don't let anybody go anywhere by themselves. You got to be super careful. And I remember it kind of sort of went in one ear and out of the next. And it didn't really hit. Like, I mean, we were in a foreign country trying to like go off the beaten path and people walking home by themselves. And it was just crazy to me that like Natalie Holloway happened at the same time. And it could have been any one of our friends like walking home from a bar. Oh, and it's funny you bring that up because she is a case that we just recorded that's going to come out in a couple of weeks. And she was voted on by the fans. Again, another, uh, you know, white woman death. Um, but, you know, I have a question for you about that, because I in Canada, we did not have these kind or certainly wherever I grew up and my cousin grew up. We did not have these kinds of senior trips. So when you went on your senior trip, how many like chaperones were there? Like, what was the kind of system? Was there. Did you have to check in or was it literally like you're young adults? We trust you. Good luck. <laughs> Bitch, we could. I, the chaperones were at a hotel that was like half a mile away. So the chaperones stayed at the bougie ass hotel, like six, you know, like a mi- three miles away, two miles away. And it was six parents, maybe eight to 150 kids. See, this is the same with her. This is the same with yeah. the Holloway case. We were shocked to hear this. Like, that's, oh, no, 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 no. That's crazy to us. The parents come because they want to get just as lit as us. Right. And they just want a reason to like be in the business. But right. they often come so that there's somebody on the ground in case one of us got arrested, in case somebody got sick and you needed somebody to like come and rescue you. But like, we weren't really like talking to the parents. They didn't like know our ins and outs. But I will say that the way we went about it was, it was like you signed up with this company and it was mapped out. So like you knew what you were doing on Friday. You knew what you were doing on Saturday. You knew what time the pool party started on Sunday. So if you ever wanted to retrace someone's steps in Mexico, in Cancun, there was a whole outline to it. Right. So there wasn't a lot of guessing. I just, 
I felt bad for Aruba in general when I heard about this case because Aruba never really came back. No. It, yeah. No one will go to Aruba. It's so small is the other thing. Like it's such a small country and it's, 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 uh, yeah, I know it. Well, and also, you know, the, the bar that she was last seen at, I can't remember the name of it, but, but they also were like, are, you know, trying to not necessarily capitalize on, on her case, but there was like, you know, there was a, 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 something Christy brought up about like their menus after the fact were like, uh, thanks for being here. You don't want to leave because maybe your daughter's here somewhere. And it was just like oh some questionable, God. questionable choices marketing wise. Um, that yeah, I feel <laughs> like I feel like it was like, I guess you guys are maybe trying to turn into the swerve, maybe not the right choice. Not uh, the right but you're choice. right. I don't think that Aruba ever really came back from it. And I don't know whether you know this, but the guy who was again suspected in potentially being a part of her death did go on to kill someone else and admitting admitted to it. And is that's currently, how he got is currently in, in prison. Yeah. By the way, that's the other thing. Like, you got away with it once. Somehow, you figured it out. You got away with it once. Count your blessings and keep it moving. But the fact that your crazy ass had to do it again, like, to me, it's like, but that's where I don't understand and I don't know. I've never known somebody who killed someone else ever. Yeah. Yeah, no. Like I've, I've never had a conversation with somebody who killed somebody else. You know, I've had somebody, I mean, I, I know people who have been in accidents and somebody died, you know. Sure. Yes. But I don't know what the inner workings are like with a serial killer or somebody who kills. Could you imagine being the girlfriend of, um, I don't know, Ted Bundy? Or if you were married to Scott Peterson, like if you were, if you were, um, what's the girl's name who was the the mistress oh, of horse? Yes. Can you imagine knowing that you hooked up and were in love with somebody who killed a pregnant woman? I mean, <laughs> I mean, there's been some people that I dated that I think if that had come out, I would have been like, it makes sense. Like this, it makes hundred percent. You know, but yeah, no, that is, I, 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 that to me, I feel like has got to be such a lifetime of healing for so many people. And that's the thing is that these crimes are of obviously such an impact to the, 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 the people who are directly affected, but the ripple effect is wild. And that's a great example of that too. Think about the people whose lives have been forever changed. One of my closest friends is Faye Resnick. Mm. She was best friends with Nicole Brown Simpson. Yes. Um, and she like lived with Nicole Brown Simpson. Right. Towards the end of her life. And she is in her 50s and she is still affected by that situation. She, when she hears his name, she still is, you know, brought up. I know when she goes to Mother's Day. I know when she's at Christmas. I know when she serves a Thanksgiving meal. I know she thinks about that woman all the time, right. you know, right. and she didn't even have to tell me, you know, that we, we've had conversations about it in depth about everything about, you know, her friendship and what she wished she would have done. The last conversation that they had, like she still recalls that 30 years later. Right. Like it was yesterday. Yeah. You know, and she talks about having the nuts to get on the stand and how that changed her complete in life. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I will never know that feeling. We talk about, Oh, we, where were we when we heard the verdict? You know, we talk about where were we when we saw the police chase, this woman was in a courtroom when she heard the verdict. 
and had to keep her head held high in front of her friend's kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's, a, it's such a good point, you know, and I, and I think that that's, that's one of the things also that, that we, we try and really hit on our show is that the, this isn't just, I think that there's these, some of these figures have become larger than life. JonBenet Ramsey is, is a figure that has become, it's like you, you forget that she was a five child. old child. You forget that it's like, it's it's not um it's not a character. We're not talking it's about It's not a Halloween costume. Right. We're not talking about a movie. We're talking about a real life, you know? And when we were posting about our Jean Benet episode, I know that Christy made sure that she was choosing photos where she wasn't in the pageant gear. It was like yes. reminding people that it's like this was a little girl and this was a horrible tragedy. Like it really 100%. was awful. And I think that that it's really important to remember um because true crime is this genre that listen that we're we you know obviously are hugely invested in and it's huge right now i think it is still really important to remember that it's like these are real people with real lives and the people around them like you're describing their lives are 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 done their lives are are changed i should say forever forever forever. 100 percent never coming back never coming back um, and I think it's really important to to remember that and to really humanize the people that are involved in these things um, to remember that it's it's uh, you know, we, we're not um, I, we never want to make it seem like we're we're trying to capitalize or delight in the pain of others, but more than anything, try to get answers and try to avoid these things being repeated. It's, it's like, what are the changes yeah. that we need to make as as society, as people? What do we need to do to try and avoid? Or, or, or when there's a potential serial killer, have something in place to, I don't know, alert a community. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like these yeah. are the kinds of questions I think that are are important when we're going down these uh, again these iconic rabbit crime rabbit holes. Yeah. Exactly. No, for sure. Yeah. Thank you for um, humanizing other people's experiences in your quest to find the truth, and thank you for fighting for everybody's stories to be heard. Um, yeah. Where can people find your podcast? True Crime and Cocktails is available basically everywhere you stream podcasts. You can visit us on Instagram at True Crime and Cocktails, Facebook at the same, and everything else you need to know is on our website, truecrimeandcocktails.com. And thank you for taking this sip. This was good. I feel like we went on such a journey. Like, really. Like, it was like, we went, we went high. We got serious. We brought it back. I feel like we connected. It was crazy. Right? It was really crazy. Watch. We're going to be like doing true crime. Season three of cocktails and like true crime and cocktails. Mm -hmm. It's going to be me, you and your cousin, but I'll just be blacked out drunk on the side. (laughs) And just every so often throwing something in like, she's guilty. And then you're back out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Exactly. I love it. Oh my God. We love you here, Lauren Ash. Oh my God. I adore you. This has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much. You guys, thanks for listening and do not forget to subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. And be sure to come back every week for another pour of your favorite celebrity. Celebrity.